listeners, it's Taylor. Before we kick off, we want you to know that the opinions and discussions that take place on Lace and Debauchery do not reflect the opinions of The Rip Bodice in any way. Lace and Debauchery, as a podcast, is an affiliate of The Rip Bodice, which means we can earn a commission on the books we sell during our time as podcast hosts. You can find our affiliate link to buy romance books in every episode description, as well as on our website at laceadpodcast.com slash buy. Thanks for your time, and now for some debauchery. Hell yeah! It's Piper. I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this episode. It is seriously so fun, and we had the best time recording with Crystal and Felicity. Now, before we get into the episode, I just wanted to give you a little backstory on our wonderful authors. Crystal and Felicity are Wattpad stars and Wattpad editor choice authors. They are best friends who have a shared love for writing. Their experience writing their stories has been unique due to living on opposite sides of the United States, but it is one of their very favorite things to do. Crystal is from Phoenix, Arizona, and is the author of the Affliction series and staged on Wattpad. She has an obsession with the infectious music of boy bands and Ben & Jerry's ice cream. Learn more about Crystal at crystaljjohnson.com and connect with her on social media. Felicity is from Nashville, Tennessee, and is the author of the Four of Us trilogy and Trust. She is obsessed with rose gold and has a major Dr. Pepper addiction. Learn more about Felicity at felicitybond.com and connect with her on social media. Thank you in advance for listening to this episode. We love you dearly. We love this book. It was so enchanting. And I'm sure you answer this question every time y'all have an interview, but just for our listeners and for ourselves too, we kind of want to hear about like where you both started in terms of like your writing process, how you two met, what made you both be like, wait a second, we have something here. We can make make something happen here the story of uh like i guess the inciting incident that made you both realize that you wanted to write together we met on wattpad we were both solo writers and we were invited to the same little writers group which was done in chatsy at the time i don't even know if anybody even remembers what chatsy is anymore. <laughs> but we were in a chatsy with a bunch of people and we had a chatsy that was for uh role playing That is not my cup of tea. Like, I'll go in there and see what they were all doing, but I really didn't participate a whole lot. Whereas Felicity did, and she was in there, and they were like, come on, Crystal, come in here and do this. And I'm like, oh, listen, I was being a jerk. I was like, this is so lame. (laughs) I was like, look, it's not lame, okay? I can admit it was lame. (laughs) I was like, all right, fine. I'll just do it. And they paired Felicity and I up, and they gave us a prompt. The prompt was a a human girl and an incubus and i was like i will take the incubus lead she will take the human girl and we ran with it and it was fun and actually i went to dinner with my husband and i was still in the chat like on my phone like and then she and then he yeah we're like going on and on and the next morning i woke up and felicity was like hey you want to you want to write this book together and i was like (laughs) you're funny you're a pantser and i'm not (laughs) I said, and I got rules. I said, one, I finish what I start. I, I said, I am I very, very, very like, mm. I said, I can't pants, dude. So you're going to have to plan this one with me. And I said, if you can meet those rules, we can write together. And she's like, I will meet those rules because I believe in this. And so I said, all right, let's do it. And that was our first story that we posted, which was Edge of the Veil 
on Wattpad. And then the baby. we are the baby. And it went on to become, we published it with a small indie publisher later on. And that was our first book together. So, and we have written so many books since then. The rest of history. That, yeah. oh, yeah. that is so fantastic. And I loved this story and, you know, just absolutely tore through it. And you guys both wrote, you were solo writers before you became co-writers. So what was that like? What was the transition into writing together like and how did you make the voice so cohesive because the entire story is so cohesive you cannot tell like it truly would not be able to tell that it was two different writers yeah it, it's because so i know i don't know who like i know a lot not a lot of people that co-write but there some i don't know how certain people do it but some people do it where they like one writer writes one chapter and then they go in chapter by chapter we don't do that. And I think mm. if we did, you would be able to tell who wrote what. Yeah. I think it's because when we do, we write, for instance, if we're starting a chapter, I might start it out and I'll write, I don't know, it's like, it's no, <clears throat> it's no particular set amount. I'll just mm. write until I feel like I'm done and I'll say, okay, it's your turn. And then she'll go in and she'll look at what I wrote. And she might be perfectly pleased with it and think it's perfect and move on and do what she wants to do next. Or she might look at it and say, mm, I was thinking we would do something more like this. And then I'll say, oh, okay, cool. And then she'll change it. And then she'll move on and do whatever she wants to do or whatever. And then she might write, sorry, <clears throat> she might write a couple lines. She might write a big, huge paragraph. She might write one line and then we're going to go back and forth line by line. If it's a conversation, if it's an argument, which is like one of my favorite things to write. If it's, if it's like a romantic scene or whatever, it might be one of those back and forth things. And I think that's why it's so, because it's, it's so like, it flows just because mm -hmm. it's one of those things where it's just, there's no set like prescription for it. It's just, however we feel, we just kind of go with the flow. With that, and I think that's why, and honestly, like, we'll go back. Sometimes we're back, like, going back and reading through it while we're editing. And I'll say, oh, my gosh, I love that line. I did so good. And she'll be like, I wrote that. I'm like, oh, no, 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 I wrote that. And, like, we'll honestly sometimes not be able to tell who wrote what. And that is so funny. Like, which is the dream. It's, like, that's, like, yeah. that's, like, very, it's such a good problem to have. Yeah. Also, I feel like it's so cool that you guys... Like, it's almost like you also have, like, a built-in editor along with, like, a co-editor, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like... So easy. And it's, like, writer's block and, like, all these things. It doesn't You're, like... Not I, together. I think you have to... I think you have to... The the gem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's something. Yeah. Yeah. Separate. That's another thing. Like, we're about to start back into... We just finished a bonus chapter for one of our Wattpad stories. And so now it's time to go back to writing our solo things. And I'm like, oh, oh God, like it's yeah. been like two months since I've touched that. And I'm like, I like I can't I look at this again. Gonna, yeah, I have no idea. I'm going to have to go back, read the whole thing again, go back to my notes that I made and be like, what, where was I going with this again? And But even so, even on our solo projects, we talk to each other so much mm -hmm. about things. It's like we can help each other through those blocks. Right. With our solo stories, too. But with the co-written stories, there is no writer's block. It doesn't um, happen. I I interviewed Christina and Lauren of <laughs> Christina Lauren. Yes. Or the, I've always wondered how they do LA Times Festival books and they and they split it up chapter by chapter, but they said that I was in time. I can't remember what book it was for, but they there was a sex scene that needed to be finished. 
And so they hopped on a Google Doc and did it together. <laughs> they were like, it's all like right. We're having phone sex. <laughs> and we just could not get through it. <laughs> That's really funny because I think it, it is such like an intimate process. And yeah. we're, all, we're in a word doc together. We are in a drive and we watch each other drive right. Because we're 1,400 miles apart. We're not in the same city at all. Wow. We hardly ever get to write together. And to kind of keep it really intimate, we are on FaceTime with like our phones propped up on FaceTime and we're both in the document together writing and and watching each other write. And so I feel like as writers, there's nothing more intimate than having somebody watch you through stumble through your blunders. Absolutely. Felicity is really great with all the grammatical stuff. And as a, I'm a terrible speller. Like, I need, I need the spell check on. And, and look, a lot of writers need the spell check on. We struggle through certain things. So it was really intimidating the first time we did it. In the beginning, we didn't, we did it through a different means. And so we kind of walked in really hard. It was the word. But now we do. And it's kind of funny because you're going to get called out right away. You change tense hello, we're writing this in present tense, dude. So you get called out or, hey, this is her point of view, not his point of view. You need to go back and fix all that. So like, right away. So there's nothing, it's humbling on top of that. Like mm-hmm. there's no feeling like sometimes like this is the best thing because somebody's gonna come in and read your raw manuscript. Like yep. what? Yep. Yep. And be like, Hey, what were you doing there? Like, what yeah. were you taking that? So. Yeah. Yes. They talk about like alpha readers and beta readers. Like if there's something like higher than an alpha reader, I don't know. That's what we are for each other. I guess it's like literally in the middle of the sentence. Sometimes she'll be like, you're in the wrong tense. Like, <laughs> like all the time. So I don't know. Like it, it is really, really, really humbling to do that. But like we're writing love scenes together. So, yeah, so I'll, 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 I'll write something and I'll look at her and be like, it's <laughs> your turn. We're like 12. I mean, like, honestly. Like, well, that, that's, exactly. That makes it fun. And I feel like it makes the vulnerability easier too when you can laugh at yourself. Yeah, for sure. And one thing that I loved about Gemma is that she has ADHD and I have ADD. <laughs> and I just moved in with my boyfriend who does not have ADD and trying to explain it's been so vulnerable like watching him or having him watch me try to complete basic tests and I wanted to talk more do either of you have ADHD yeah that's why yeah that's why we did it (laughs) so how was how was writing about that how is the writing process with ADHD have you found things that help you we really wanted to do this female ADHD rep because it's so either not done or not done properly yeah and then in like real life too it's either misdiagnosed or ignored altogether exactly. um, so that's that's why we wanted to do it and honestly i just and i i figured this out on a live like on a tiktok live like you could see it like in real time as i figured this out mm-hmm. i just wrote Gemma like as me mm-hmm. like in so many ways like not i have a great like wonderful family so that like not that part but like as far as like the her personality and the like sometimes not finishing things and being flighty and all of that like i and being afraid that people see her as annoying or too much or whatever i kind of i put a lot of me into her Uh and so i'm one of those people that i know you're not supposed to read your reviews 
I know. Like, I know. My crystal tried to stop me from doing that. And I have stopped. Ever since release day, I don't go on Goodreads anymore. That's not a thing. I don't do that anymore. We have a PA who does that for us. And she must be all the nice ones. <laughs> Only the like, oh, right. Yes. Wait, I don't know. Right. Um, yes. But so, but for a while there, I was. And every time, and the reviews largely are, are great. Uh, but the ones that are negative, every, I mean, I would say 99% of them have something negative to say about Jimma. And that's, I don't know, it's like every time. And it would hurt me so bad. It was like a slap in the face. And like, yeah, on really. TikTok, yeah, on TikTok Live, we were discussing this. And I was like, holy shit. I put too much of myself into her. And so every time I read a review, it's like, they're hurting me. Right. They're insulting me. And I, they always say, don't take, don't take the bad reviews personally. Not everybody's going to like your book. And I know that. And I know that. And that's totally fine. I know everybody's not going to love our book. I know our book's not going to be for everyone. I know. And like uh, the reviews on Edge of the Veil are, you know, not, not all great either. And I don't even care. Like I could see mm-hmm. a negative review about Edge of the Veil and it doesn't save me. But when I would see that, it like cut me like hard, like ouch like to the bone and then i realized oh because i put too much she's me (laughs) that makes i mean (laughs) it made so much sense complete sense yeah it's so hard and like i i just remember in high school like having so much trouble either sticking with sports or finishing you know my homework and my my dad would always say he'd be like just make a to-do list and i was like wow phil thank Thank you thank that my dad yeah yeah yes thanks and for me for school for you know like she said i'm really good with like grammar like english like a play like mm-hmm. that was my thing i liked it like so i majored in english i'm i'm an english teacher like that's what i do that's amazing. and so like i'm great at that but like math and science no like i'm not good at that like i could not focus on it at all because i'm yeah. not good at it and so i have learned to cope with that because i had i mean i had to right like, and I'm, I've never been on medication for it. I've never, I've never, never taken that route before. Well, that's the thing. Like, that she hasn't done that either. So with, with women too, I mean, like I didn't get diagnosed because I have, I have inattentive ADHD, but I like, I did well in school until I started working like a desk, desk job. And then I was like, whoa, something is fucking wrong with my brain. Yeah. Like something is <laughs> not right. Yep. Not well, right. And it's, you know, I had gotten 25 years at that point into like not taking medicine, not, not coping, not doing anything. And so to have this like revelation that I have this like thing that I've heard about since I was a kid, but was like never told that it was something that I could potentially have. I was like, oh, now I like, I already have my coping mechanisms because I had this mm-hmm. like, decades developing them. Yep. Right. So yeah, so it gets to the point where almost like medicine is moot at this point. Oh yeah. I now I do now take like a low dose of Adderall and it's amazing. But like it also has its side effects too. So it's like also dirty. But I when I was reading about Gemma, like I like here's the thing. With any like main female with any main heroine or hero at all, like you hear when you're hearing your internal dialogue, you hear the good and the bad side of them. That's the whole entire point, right? Yeah. And like one of the things that really resonated with me was how Gemma held herself to the standard and her family also held her to the standard of like not being able to complete a task. And they, and how I think Raven says to her in the end of the book, she's like, oh, like you half-ass everything, like something like that, or like you can't finish anything. And I was like, 
Like not even her with the lighter fluid about to kill everybody. Nothing like that. I was like, that's fine. that was me. That's one bad thing about Jonah. Yeah. I'm gonna throw my hand. Yeah. Yeah. I a question that I often ask people, and you guys feel free to answer this question. I love to ask people if they could physically fight any character from literature, who would it be? And I do think that Raven has taken over the number one spot. It was for years, <laughs> Mr. Rochester. Oh my God. Mr. Rochester. I am honored. But like now I, I really want to punch Raven just like right in the throat. You can knock her down so easy. She, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like you could take her. Like that. Thank you. That's right. Right. You totally could. You yeah. totally could. Also, I feel like as soon as we, Piper and I got on a call this morning, not even like good morning, anything. I was like, yo, Raven's a C word. And she's like, yeah, I was like, straight up. She sucked from the beginning, from the get go. Oh, yeah. You did a great job painting villains. Also, the her dad, I was like, talk about throwing hands. I was yeah, like, he's on the house too. Get away from her, protect Gemma at all costs. But I liked that you guys. I feel like you did the found family trope really well. And it was almost like subtext, like lays in with all of these like fun little characters that exist in the hotel. And almost like it felt reminiscent of like a positive version of like haunting a pill house or like blind manor where you have me zany who almost only exist in the confines of this like zany place to begin with. So I wanted to ask you about like the tropes that you wanted to explore, the themes that you wanted to explore, because it was also like Gemma finding her own footing, Gemma realizing that she can, that she has the power to do these things, that Hazel left her this for a reason, for a purpose, and her finding that purpose within the hotel itself. So yeah, just wanted to see like what types of themes you guys wanted to develop on, what was important to you when writing. I think we really wanted to play with enemies to lovers. That was really right off the bat, really important to us. And we wanted Gemma to explore both brothers, but we did not want to turn it into a love triangle. So there was this fine balance of making it feel like one brother had one purpose and the other brother had another purpose. And we never wanted the the reader to feel like, oh no, who she, we didn't want them to be team Archer, team Soren. We mm -hmm. wanted there to be a, a clear choice that was, the right choice for Gemma. But, you know, to have a couple hot moments with one brother, it was fun. So I think that was really important to us just because we'd never really played with the idea of there ever being a more than one love interest. And we didn't want to take like a, a why choose type of route with it. So that was, that was really fun and, and really new for us. So because we are so, our happily ever afters are, are, are pretty pretty solid happily ever afters in our stories so yeah. making sure that we kind of stuck with that so our people that have read our stuff before know that they are going to leave satisfied with what goes on between the love interests and then just trying to incorporate that paranormal feel into a con a contemporary romance mm -hmm. because that's I think what we do so well is I feel like you could pick your favorite contem we'll use Christina Lauren I feel like you could take a Christina Lauren book and and look at that and go, I can see those elements in what Crystal and Felicity write. But they always throw this paranormal twist in there, which makes it kind of fun and different from Christina Lauren. So that's always like really important to us, like because that's us as as individuals. 
Felicity loves a good contemporary romance. That is her mm-hmm. thing. She will die on that hill. I am not a contemporary romance lover because I feel like if you could look <laughs> in through a window and see it happen, I don't really care. It's not enough escapism for me. Mm-hmm. I want a fantastical element. So I really love <laughs> the fantasy romance, the paranormal romance kind of things. And so taking both of the things that we love as readers and meshing it into our writing is a ton of fun. It makes it, I think, uniquely us. That's so fantastic. It does. That's, and not to make this about us at all, but that like that is also the Piper and me divide. I'm a fantasy person. She's the contemporary person. And so I, I totally get it. And it does. It reads like, it's like you, you sprinkled magic throughout, right? And like these, these like fantasy elements that are like, it reads like contemporary, you know, it's not like a tome. It's not dense. It's not like, you know, where you're thinking well, about like all of these complex systems that exist. You're like, Ooh, there's magic. There's magic. Yeah, there's, there's just a, family, a family history, which we all already have. It's just. There's exactly a, a fantastical type of you know family history so it that's the fun part about it is taking our individualities you know our individual way of doing things and meshing them together and that's how we write too like her she writes pretty much contemporary romance so it's just taking <laughs> those things and making them the crystal and felicity brand that is so much fun and i think that's what it makes it easy for anybody to read because of that so and and our books just are easy to read. We're not we're not very you know. There's nothing deep in there where you're like I'm so very lost. Like <laughs> it's an easy read for sure. I was gonna say like you you have a very like palatable way of weaving elements that people like that if a, just a general contemporary reader who never read fantasy, never read sci-fi, never read anything with witches or magic or anything. You you created a world with with mechanics that made sense to like any level of reader i would say which is really hard to do and i actually do have a question about that because i piper and i did so in the morning we're talking about like the magic mechanics of Mm -hmm. the book because i loved it i wanted to ask you about and i might be pronouncing this wrong so please correct me cobalt what made you pick that species of mythological creature for them versus you know something like a standard like sprite or spirit or anything like that because i've used the word right there standard because we wanted to not use something that has been used a lot so like we both love i mean books about you know the say like love love like i use i've got like all these like yeah i love acupuncture like i love i love all that okay. so loves all that all that stuff too but like we wanted to use something different and so we're like what can we use that's not like a thing that that's talked about like a lot and so we just like, and, like and let's face it different. calling hot guys sprite feels like a, like you picture like little just they're so tiny and like yeah like, down, like and we wanted them to although they have their vulnerable moments we still wanted them to have a very masculine feel so yeah. and sprite just doesn't sound quite as masculine mm-hmm. as a cult he's a cobalt like what the hell is that that's so good yeah so we found that and we were like oh okay well that's different it's folklore it's, you know german folklore so we we're like okay well we can use that we can like twist it and like make it our own because what they actually look like was kind of kind of well, not what we wanted it to. i play i play D like. and there's a yeah, yeah. race that you can pick and so when i was googling it and i saw it i was like oh i've like never picked 
ever play with yeah. this like speak well, creature on D and D. I spent the morning just on there, and I was like, I wonder if they play D and D. Is that yeah, my, uh-uh. no, no. So there's that one that's capitalized, and then there's yeah. the cobalt that's not capitalized. That's the German folklore. Oh. So we want to make sure we even ask before we publish. We're like, are we going to get in trouble for this? They're like, no, as long as you're not <laughs> capitalized one. You're good. Perfect. Um, Perfect. Yeah. So that, that's why we did that. You just wanted it to be something, you know, kind of different than what. Well, how did you do the research to find it? Like, what, what, would you, what did you guys like search for? Like, we just start right. Mythological. Like, <laughs> well, we're starting with like, starting with mythological creatures, I think. And then we just kind of started narrowing it down. And then I think we found sprite, like different types of sprites. And then that came up. We're like, oh, what's that? And we started looking at it. We, we even made Jim a joke about it, like the little green man or little, yeah. uh, whatever she, whatever she said, which was drunk. So we made that. We just, we, and people have asked already times, is there going to be a sequel to mm-hmm. Spellbound? And there could be perhaps Archer, perhaps there's already a plan for one maybe somewhere that's uh, the best day ever but it has been to a, a whole new realm for us right we have to see because we have to world build that whole it would be yeah it would be our first build together in another realm it would be in the the cobalt realm yeah so, so exciting yeah oh, would you fall in love with a human or a another cobalt this is like all these questions now that i have, I have to study. what's archer's fate <laughs> so that will take us into something we've never done before so it will be that would be exciting so that's it's it's a possibility yeah but we'll be honest you'd be right and then no you'd just be writing in a whole like like contemporary writer writing in like a literal law human realm which is just i know so fun and a little <laughs> daunting but in a good way that's scary i know but i have i have crystal who's like already written like a whole fantasy series so i'm good on the world building part because she already knows how to do that it's just a whole bunch of planning <laughs> yay, <laughs> yay. <laughs> not for me planning not for me. <laughs> i mean I'll, i do it because i have to but, I don't like it. <laughs> but yeah do you guys oh. did you outline spelldown like before you started was that something that you guys like really focused on was like making sure that you knew the ending before you started yes yes the yeah. fun thing about spellbound was is we'd actually we love going to haunted hotels in real life we just came back from the stanley so that was a ton of fun and oh, yeah. doing a bet and we were supposed to stay in like downtown Denver, <laughs> and, and felicity was like we don't want that. that. We're so bad. I know we, we are so close to the Stanley. Let's go stay at the Stanley. So we stayed at the Stanley for two nights. They, 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 sure, go ahead. They, change our, they, they changed our flight. They changed our hotel reservation and everything so we could stay at the Stanley. Because <laughs> they had a two-night minimum. And I was like, we have to go. Like, I've always wanted to go there. Like, we have to. I should have like, Stanley. Is there a restaurant on the main floor? Uh-huh. Not any. They're talking about in the next two years there'll be a steakhouse, but it no. used to be when Stephen King was there. Well, we ate there there. Was. there was a, a restaurant, restaurant right there. Oh, the, the bar. The bar. But it's a restaurant yeah. too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In 2000 and two, 2000? Two, in 2000, I went to Denver for the first time because my dad wanted to teach us how to ski. It was a big trip. I lived in Florida. He took us there. We went to go eat at Stanley. And I remember this. Because it was a big deal for him, Stephen King fan, whatever. And so we were eating and I was a frightened like six-year-old and I was sipping a spray, I'll never forget. 
and I heard a crash that was like a ghost. And I bit down on the glass and I lost my two front teeth. Oh my God. That's my story of the Stanley. Are you serious? Yeah, I literally came back from Denver with no front teeth. My mom was like, what did you do? Sorry, didn't mean to like interject no, no. a story in there, but. Well, I chipped my front tooth by biting down on a fork too hard. So Ooh. that's kind of funny that we have that same <laughs> tooth well, story. But that mine wasn't that bad. Oh, oh my God. So, I, so the hotel thing. Yes. Another family. Yeah, we start thinking about that. You went to a whole nother place, right? <laughs> to a whole nother place. So anyway, we, um. We stayed at this haunted hotel in Southern Arizona, which is where I'm from. And because we go back and forth, we visit each other, we go back and forth, and we try to find fun things to do in our neck of the woods. That's so, awesome. yeah. So, we stayed at this haunted hotel and it was amazing. It was little and it had this great ghost stories that went with it. And the best thing about it was it's a Copper Queen in Bisbee, Arizona. And so, it's close to Tombstone. So, there's lots of kind of like old West kind of ghosty stories that go with it. And we ended at night, they close everything down. Like how Gemma, even our editor had such a hard time with this because oh she's like, what do you mean nobody's at the hotel? And we're like, nobody's at the, and she's like, it's, it's a thing. thing. I'm like, but today is a thing in older yeah. hotel. It happens to us many times where they go home at like 10 o'clock. They shut everything down. All the staff leaves. They leave a number. If you have like an issue, you can call this number mm -hmm. and they turn off all the lights downstairs and they'll have like a key. Now they have like a key thing on the front door. So if you leave, you can come and go from the hotel and you put in the little code and you can get in and you're walking through a dark lobby. Mm, um, creepy. And so, creepy. It, yeah. And so we at the Copper Queen does this and we're down there. We have pictures of it where we're like, it was set up for Halloween because it was Halloween time. <laughs> and we're down there like playing around in the middle of the night with like this big kind of grody looking butler dude that's like life-size that's standing there we're taking pictures with him like he's like a book boyfriend and just having, having like a good old time just running around the downstairs of the dark hotel and when we got home it was like such a great experience we got back to my house and we're laying there and we're we're talking and that and we just started going like what if we wrote a haunted hotel what if there were twin brothers haunting the hotel what if she had ADHD and she started the hotel? Like, so we just started like plotting this all out. And it We're was still so a recording somewhere. We just turned on the phone. Like, yeah, we had the phone laying between us. I was just laying there. What if? What if? And, um, and it just all came together. And here comes NaNoWriMo. And Wattpad had decided they were going to do Wattpad Stars Do Nano. And we were like, let's do it. Let's do this book for Nano because we should. And we ended up winning it. And we were supposed to just win this quick sit down with like some upper people at Wattpad and get some feedback. And of course, Wattpad was going to come in and be real freaking positive about everything. Like, we love this. We love Great that. job. And I was like, that's nice. We know you loved it because it won. Tell us what you hated. Yeah. Because as writers, the one thing I always, I know you want the praise. We want the praise. Like writers always want that praise. But the whole point of becoming a good writer is to learn. And praise is not necessarily, you're just going to keep doing what you're doing the way you're doing it if you're mm -hmm. black praise. If somebody comes in with some negative feedback for you, you've got to mm -hmm. make some changes and learn something new. So yep. we asked them, like, tell us what you hated. And they did. And you could tell they were all real hesitant because they were, somebody most likely told them, like, 
be gentle. This is just supposed to be this nice little thing. Right, right, right. When we opened it up, they were like, oh, you're you're sure? And we're like, I'm like, lay it on us. Make it, uh, go. make it hurt. Make it hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so, and they did. And we got some really great feedback from people. And we went back in and we we did some rewriting. And it was not more than two weeks later. I don't even think it was two weeks later that they're like, hey, we want to have another call with you guys about uh, Spellbound. We're like, and it was I'm like oh. 10 books. And we were like, I'm like, they want to publish it. I'm like, I'm 100% sure they want to publish it. And they they came back and it was, I'll never forget because it was on St. Patty's Day. And they were like, we want to publish it. And we're like, let's go. We're ready. So it was just a ton of fun. And in all from just an ex, a real life experience, like going to a hotel and mm-hmm. allowing that to affect our creativity and put it down into paper. So it was just it so whirlwind, but yet so perfect in so many ways. Was this NaNoWriMo in 2021, like this past 20? It was 2020. 2020? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 2020. Yep. That was when the first, that, I guess that was the first trip that we went on. No, it was the second trip we went on after COVID. I yeah. Guess. Speaking of all the ghost stories, in my senior year of college, I wrote a research paper on haunted houses in American literature. And I will also say this is one of the very first conversations Piper and I ever had. We both love ghosts, love ghost stories, love haunted places. So like, this is like, like literally the perfect book for, for I read. But one thing that came up in like every book that I read for this paper was the theme of generational trauma. And I mean, Beloved is my favorite book of all time. Oh, like, yeah. If you want to talk about generational trauma, my I'm half black, half white. And on my dad's side, my black side, we've been able to track our lineage back like 13 generations. And our family was enslaved on this plantation in Boone County, Kentucky, which is the same county where Margaret Garner, the woman who Toni Morrison based Beloved off of, was enslaved. And Isn't that crazy? So I wanted to That's talk crazy. to you guys about the kind of generational trauma that comes up in the diary of the Fox women. And then after that, a more fun question, which is what are your favorite ghost stories? Okay, so that actually, it's funny that you asked that. So all of that, generational trauma involves women and we were actually called out for something to do with with women i'm gonna i'm gonna call us out for this person all right let's go there are this is an editing process there's this is an editing process so it's been it was fixed thank you thank you for thank you i just know that there are other writers listening to this and not want to just let y'all know how easy it is to make a mistake like this and you don't even realize you're doing it so all of that trauma involved women but then you look at Gemma's current life, and you mentioned earlier how big of a douchebag her dad was, right? Well, in the beginning, when we first wrote this, it was her mom that was horrible. Oh. Uh, and, and her dad was the one who was just kind of complacent, but was like, okay. Sky, the bartender, did not exist. Mm-hmm. The bartender's name was Larry, and he was no, Lloyd. 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 And he was based yeah. on the bartender from The Shining. There, so there was no female friend. There was no Sky. Oh. Willow. Wanda Willow was not a thing. She was not a character at all. So we were, in the original edit letter, called out for having no positive female characters around Gemma at all. And wow. like, it was so like, funny because they were so kind about it. They're like, you guys are so, like, girl power. Girl power. You're so positive about wanting to see women write. 
And then there were no positive portrayals of women. And I thought, God, it is so easy for us to villainize other women. And it, yeah. that is exactly what we ended up doing with. And if we didn't, of course, we didn't need to. But this is the reason whether you are traditionally published or you are self-publishing that you need to have somebody come in. And you need some content editing for you. Yeah, because we did not even notice that we did that. And it wasn't intentional to like villainize women, but that we made only our main character a good woman. And and so going back and looking at like, how could we incorporate some other really great women that are, have like, they're strong, they're different. They are not, they're not Gemma. We don't want a cookie cutter woman throughout this whole entire book. Mm. So, you you know, you have Sky, who's kind of like this goth, goth Latina who is hanging out in this haunted hotel. And you brought in Wanda, who's an older character. And she was very eccentric, like like Gemma's aunt Hazel. So just trying to make sure that I had these a different type of woman that was still a strong woman. So mm-hmm. God, but in the beginning, that's it's embarrassing. Like you think back and you go, God, that was really embarrassing. Thank God for editors because well, that's so the last thing we wanted to portray. You just don't know. Yeah, you don't know. Like until you're called out. So cost fairy tale to people out there. Yes, you do need an editor. And it does not need to be, <laughs> it does not need to be your mama or your best friend or yourself because you think that you're good enough at, you know, punctuation shit. That's not, nah, that's not what you need. Yeah. You need someone who's going to read it that doesn't know you and doesn't know your heart that can see, hey, you need to look at this again. Oh, yeah. Cause we totally did not mean to do that. And it was easy fixes. It was super easy to fix that stuff. But the generational trauma, it was important that that we kept it that way because the hotel was passed from fox fox woman to fox woman so that had to stay that way or our plot was kind of you know totally messed up yeah so we could yeah it was moot. so we, we fixed the other stuff so that that was that was hard to write to be honest it was really hard to write you know i did i did notice that what i think the last one of the last conversations that Gemma's mom has with her is that she's being like very understanding yeah. And really nice to her. And I was like, oh, thank God. Because her dad's such a bitch. Like, yeah, like she you really need this, like someone to just be nice to her, especially mm-hmm. like a familial woman. She doesn't have to cancel yes. anymore, right? Right. And uh, right. so I did notice that, that yeah. you, that you did well with like having the antagonist be a woman, but that you then also gave her these other women who were like very well modeled for her to be able to be like oh look I'm surrounded by good people including good women so that changed I mean I would have been super curious to have read the first version because I did gone it's dead yeah it's dead it's gone (laughs) I I did notice that that you guys that I that seems like a conscious decision that I picked up on so it it worked like yeah thank god for editors yeah yeah, for sure. It's like when you have something stuck in your teeth and no one says anything, and you're like, "Just tell me, like, just tell me, it'll go all the better off for it." Because then I will go home and look in the mirror and feel upset, and then you won't feel bad that you felt bad telling me, you know, it's like that type. Well, if a generational that generational trauma, like you see it through each one of the Fox women. Amity was a was she was depressed like her yeah. her sons were taken from her so she's like all her actions you know, with her her depression and then you know mabel's this old lady that comes in and she's you know it's a whole different type of feeling where she wanted to kind of help them and she didn't have any kids so 
she she like kind of put, put that on them where she was gonna give them a little bit of love the best she could as an older woman and then you got to betty and she was just an outright binge and and Nightmare. i and it kind of like off this idea of wanting to have your life a certain way or even sometimes we see this with children like when parents people become parents and they're like i really wanted this gender of child and i got this gender yes. of child and there was this woman who had her two boys and she was happy with her boys and now she gets her niece which is hazel and she's so angry about having to raise this girl and you kind of hear this a lot in just society like it's become a norm where we go boys are so much easier than girls in what in what world because i'm a mom of of a boy how he's an adult <laughs> now but that was not easy at all. So I don't yeah. know. And it wasn't, and and I'll tell you, part of the reason it wasn't easy is because he had ADHD <laughs> and it was severe. <laughs> and I do not. And I really had a hard time as a mom. And I think you see some of this with her dad's reaction of you're lazy. You're not applying yourself. You don't yes. stick to anything. In the beginning, those were, I will freely admit my thoughts as a mom until I got educated on what was happening with my son was Absolutely. like why are you so lazy just like try all you have to do is try yes. or not but uh, what I wasn't getting was he, he was trying to the best of his ability and I was trying to hold him to a societal standard that my child that didn't fit everybody and it didn't fit him so her dad holds on to that that they're right. really the standard and you see it with Raven. She's met and exceeded the standard and Gemma hasn't. And so watching, understanding that my son now, I understand where he sits and where the way that he moves through things and what he's accomplished is the best for him and it's good for him. And I'm proud of him that he's done what he's wanted to do, how he's wanted to do it. And maybe the whole world wouldn't look at that and go, well, he's not a lawyer. Well, no, nah, because he could never sit through like the classes and learn yeah. all the stuff about law or medicine or whatever. But for what my son does now as a 20-year-old man is perfect. And I could have been easily Gemma's father if mm -hmm. I didn't educate myself on my child. And we see this with her family not wanting to address her ADHD because so many people look at it as something that is a cop-out for kids. That's just copping out because yeah. you don't want your kid to sit school, sit still in school and they got to have yep. fidget spinners and whatever. Like, no, that they literally, this is the most difficult part of their day is sitting eight hours in a classroom and trying to behave. Yeah. You know, it, it behave the way you want them to behave when they really just want to wander around the room and tinker with things. And when they really love something and they're hyper fixated on it, especially... They absorb that information and they are so knowledgeable on that information. And you see some of the hyperfixation with Gemma when it comes to the hotel and, yeah. and the ghost thing, wanting to believe, not sure she should believe because now she's an adult. Like maybe, maybe that. <gasps> and sorry, that, that just remi <laughs> sorry, that just reminded me of something. Sorry. So um, you kind of see that wishy-washiness of, yeah, should I fit the societal norm, which is I don't believe in ghosts or go with what I'm feeling in my heart, which is there's something funky going on in this hotel. So I just, I, I think we just took lots of different elements of our real lives and kind of put that in there, especially when it came to the ADHD stuff.
What that reminded me of is it's clear from some of the things that people have said about Gemma that in a female male ID, she doesn't matter. People don't understand it because people complain about that right there. The going back and forth, whether she thinks that mm-hmm. it's surreal or not, and whether or not she should go on a date with Archer, that she's right. back and forth. Hello, do you know that ADHD has, you know, the indecisiveness? That's like a whole part of it, right? Right. That's like a major part of it. And so it's, that's, that's something that I went, I wanted to do with this book is kind of raise awareness on what the, the characteristics are of someone with ADHD and that they're not all the same for every person. And I think that a lot of people just think it is like bouncing off the walls and like hyper and that you're hyper is not all the hyper, the hyperactivity part. I have both the inattentive and the hyperactivity. Mm-hmm. I got both. Great. Well, the <laughs> that the hyperactivity part doesn't necessarily mean hype like hyper it means like hyper you know hy- hyper focus right now that i have to be playing with this thing instead of just like sitting here like there's like all kinds of things that can be different for like different people and that's just i, I want people to be more aware and it's become clear to me that people are not no oh yeah Oh, my God. no, I like, I like literally for 25 years, I was like, wow, I can't believe I'm just a lazy bitch. Like, yeah, seriously sucks. <laughs> like, I wish I had the, you know, I wish I could do what like my sister does. Like, I wish I could do like what my friends do, you know, going, they're going to Columbia to study like whatever. And I didn't. <laughs> so like it is, but it is true. Like, and when you're reading her internal dialogue and her internal monologue, She's got these fantastic ideas of like what she wants to do with the hotel. She also has like, I feel like having ADHD like also gives you like compassion for like a oh. lot of situations and things. His name now I have the name Lloyd in my head because he said it, but Larry, right, right. That's, Larry. that's the name yeah. of the guy who brought. Like she has this compassion for him, and she's like, what? he's not going anywhere. Like yeah. what? Just because he's old or because he like he's not like millennial sheep where you can be like hey this is our spa now and like we, yeah. like yeah this pretty girl named like candy is like sitting at the front with her like attention yeah. that's like yeah. telling you about how you can spend 500 dollars on this like massage and <laughs> yeah. she it was it was like relieving to read and like i i mean it's so funny that some people make comments about Gemma because like i literally thoroughly loved her from beginning to end even though she was like you know sometimes not like like she didn't know what was going on sometimes that she you know, like, I don't know what's going on sometimes. yeah yeah like all of those <laughs> things like I truly can't even think of like any reason that you would say that you didn't like her because like I said this was very palatable like I could not find a reason but maybe that's because I have ADHD right and I'm like oh she's me yeah yeah I mean wow. I've spent the past probably 24 hours hemming and hawing about whether or not I should buy a vegetable chopper. Because I did buy it. I'm going to pick it up from Target. After right. Good. Uh, anyway, I have been, and it's like taking up so much space in my brain. Yeah. And I'm so exhausted. Oh, I it. And like, I, did I tell the story already? I might've told it to Taylor, but like I was yesterday, you know, just trying to clean the house. And last night, my boyfriend asked me to sort the laundry that he had done. And it was like 830 and I was like, I can't. Like my brain, I've worked my brain has been working so hard all day. Out of spoons. Yeah. I am yeah. out of spoons. Yeah. I am out of brain power. 
Wong yeah. is like one of the worst cats. I hate ADHD it. brain. Yeah. <sighs> I was hate it. in my room. The list. Yeah, that's how like like the lists are always like that's funny that you said my dad was like make a list lists are so overwhelming like not only do i have my my son my husband is also 80 it's just me and these two adhd men and <laughs> i've come to learn like a list is the most overwhelming thing for these guys and then i get frustrated because i'm like but i left you a list and you only did these things and i know you forget things but you had the list but the list feels so overwhelming to them. Yeah. Just come to like pick out. I've got to, they can't change. They are, but I can mold myself into being what they need so they can function in our household. So to just be like, let me pick the most important thing. What can they take off of my plate and get done? And it'll help me, but, and I won't feel frustrated with them because they didn't do everything. So, so right. they, so I'm just like, oh, it's one thing. Pick one, pick one thing, Crystal, that you know they could help you with instead of overwhelming them. So, and I think Gemma is definitely in a situation where she is overwhelmed with the high brother. She's overwhelmed with the hotel. She's overwhelmed with her cousin. She's overwhelmed with the book. Like everything is just a lot for her to handle, mm. but she's doing it very well for yeah. Or what her capacity is at that time. So when people, and that's why you see her, she, she hyper fixates on one thing after another, like right now it's all about the boys right now. It's all about the book. Like yeah, because she can part of she, everybody does it. You open one box in the brain at the time, at a time mm-hmm. to help get through those things. Whereas for me, I will open 10,000 boxes and worry about them all at the same time. Mm-hmm. If it was Felicity, that would be she would be in tears in the fetal position on the floor. Like she's not going to open 10,000 bo- boxes in her head and try to unpack them all. It's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. It's also like that whole, like the idea of, like I make jokes at the bookstore where people are like, I can't choose what book to read. Like the choice paralysis of like, when oh. there are too many boxes open, you're like, nope, nothing actually. I'm not going to do yeah, that I'll one like, single thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you're like, yep. I'll think about all of the boxes nonstop for six hours, yep. but I'm going to be exactly. on the couch doing it. Yeah, yep. uh, I'll be stressed about it and anxious about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, absolutely. The pile of laundry. It's like, yeah, I. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking about the pile of laundry. Don't worry. Like, I know it yep. needs to get done. But when I can do it is a different question. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, mental exhaustion. We we downplay mental exhaustion all the time. Like, if you're not a construction worker or something that's like somebody that's just working all the time, where there's actual like a physical labor, we think, well, those people are exhausted and mental exhaustion is such a it's thing. real and it's so real especially in our society where we're so now connect maybe not in the 50s where you weren't connected to everything all the time you maybe didn't feel that mental exhaustion in the same way but now we are worried about everybody and everything because we can because we're connected yeah. to it all the time so man how that, do you guys that last week <laughs> how do you deal with the mental exhaustion like when you're writing how do you because I know that like for us and with writing, it's like we we tend to kind of spiral into like hyper fixating and then writing a ton. So how do you kind of create a schedule for yourself to to stick to so you finish stuff, but you don't, you know, melt your brain? I think that it is that there's times that we melt the brain. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I, don't yeah. have, I don't have an answer for that because sometimes uh, we just do. Yes, we're both we're both still working full time. 
yes. we both work a a, nor- a normal job, quote unquote, full time. What do you mean, Crystal? Because I plus well, you're a teacher. Yes, she, and then I I work as a office manager. So amazing. Yeah, so full time. So we both go Monday through Friday to work full time. Uh-huh. We both have families. Plus, you want to have a social life. Yeah, right. And the goal is the ultimate goal is right. What? What? Are, oh, hold on. What? Hold on. What are you talking about? Uh, social life. <laughs> Why are you lying to people? <laughs> you don't Did you go see a movie yesterday? My That's yeah. not a That's, That's family. <laughs> okay. We don't have no familial family. obligation. But I will say, not making it sound cool. That's <laughs> okay. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> family is the most important part, and it really boils down to really our husbands. If it wasn't for the fact that we both have very supportive spouses, this could be a thousand times where and we see authors all the time who are like I think I'm done because the juggling of everything is especially when you're at this stage in the game where writing is not your full-time job it's a lot and, yeah. and there's days where you just want to cry <laughs> and, and you just but you know but having husbands that are the person that when you're out to eat with them, they're talking to the waitress and telling them about embarrassing the hell out of you, telling them how you're a writer and that they should go and read your book and stuff and spicy stuff. And you're like, I really don't want to talk to this server about sex right now. <laughs> <laughs> I ate my pasta prima vera. I don't want to talk about it. They're just so proud of us. And they, they, they want to see that dream. I mean, I'm sure there's benefits in that, in it for them if the dream comes true, but they're so supportive of that dream. And that is really key. So then it turns back around, like, you know, Felicity going to a movie with her husband yesterday, just trying to carve out those little times so they don't feel neglected because they do so much for us. So you're spending that time with them too. And right. usually the thing that ends up getting neglected is your relationship because you become comfortable in that. And so you're like, they're not he put a ring on it he's not going anywhere yeah exactly but until you neglected him and now he feels like he's not part of anything he might want to go somewhere at that point you know right really making sure that he understands he's on the journey with you and and you're just taking those times to to spend time with them so that I think is really important to both of us is making sure that our husbands feel appreciated because it it's hard when you come home from work and you eat dinner with them real quick and then you turn back around and the rest of your night is spent with your best friend writing. Yeah, like, right. Well, well it's having like three jobs, right? Like it's like you with it's like maintaining your day to day eight hour job, yeah. maintaining your relationships, and then maintaining this side of your career as well, which is a full time job. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're like it's three full time jobs for both of you, <laughs> which I know like can be energizing. Like to keep yourself busy is always nice, right? Because it's like last time to think about everything. Yeah, but it does like burnout exhaustion yeah like the, the word of the week last week so yeah, yeah. could we have this moment where where felicity broke down and she's like i ha-, and i said oh my god i did that tuesday and she goes what do you mean you did that tuesday i, said, I got me i got home and i just like had this whole moment was very dramatic where i'm like this life is too much is it worth it my husband just been there like I'm okay. Yeah. You're going to do great, babe. You're going to keep going. And I'm like, I don't know if I can handle it anymore. And so he, he was just like, so he was so good about it. But I told her, 
as she's breaking down to me, I said, I did that on Tuesday. And she's like, why didn't you say something to me? I was like, because I didn't want to put it in your head that everything feels really stressful right now. Right. Like, I already felt stressed out. You should have said something. It's been in my head for like years now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> been it's been for, uh, for years. Exactly. Yeah. And I've been like sleep deprived since 2018. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, because you know she she's in Phoenix where they feel like they don't have to change time zones. So right. for like that's very there. So over half a year we're like two hours apart. Like I cannot wait until November, whatever day it is, third or whatever it is, when we're only one hour apart. When we fall back again and we're only one hour apart instead of two, because what happens is I end up staying up really really late so that we can have time to write at all because and then you know when I go to bed at past midnight it's only 10 o'clock for her so she she doesn't lose the kind of sleep that I do and it's it has been and I I used to be the person that if I wasn't in bed with my eyes closed at nine o'clock I was pissed on a school me too like I was piper that is me yeah piper yeah and now I can tell you the last time I went to bed at nine o'clock Okay. I, I mean, I really couldn't tell you. So it feels so nice. Like if the one time that you do get to finally go to bed at nine and you're like, <laughs> and then you wake up early and you're like my whole day. What? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you feel well rested when you wake up early too. And you're like, huh? Is this how it could be every day? Wait, Felicity, yeah. where, do you, where do you live? In Nashville. Tennessee. Nashville. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. I was wondering because I could hear a little Southern accent, but and you said 1400 miles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I forget how yeah. big U.S. is, so I didn't know which direction. We're very oh. long. It would take 24 hours. Exactly. We worked it out. No, I drove, when I moved to California, I drove across the country from Washington, D.C., and I drove through Nashville oh. and through Arizona. So oh, wow. uh, I know how, yeah, I, I drove that drive. Every, was, I'm sorry about everything between California and Louisiana, that was the most boring drive of your whole entire yeah, life. I know it was. Tough. You know, <laughs> he's not that great either, honestly. <laughs> I, I listen. I loved it, but that's mostly because I find the the sprawling American like plains to be like one of the most mesmerizing, spooky things ever. Oh. Um, so I had last, but if I had to do it like multiple times, never. Right, or if I like <laughs> live there and I had to ch- just drive it, I'd be like. Okay, I'm a little tired. How <laughs> many couple weeds can I see? So so flat, so boring. I made that drive before from from North Carolina to Arizona. It was not not my favorite. Ooh, not my favorite. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so I really I hate a road trip. I hate a <laughs> I like a good I like a good road trip. Like give me give me a six hour trip to LA. Like, okay, I can do that. That's okay. But yeah. I mean where you've got to like sleep in the car. Like I've slept in the car before at a spooky like no thing. truck stop because we were too poor to like get at a motel. Yeah. And we had like the cat and the dog in like a little Ford escort with us and we're trying to oh. just to get get to where we needed to be and be done with it. It yeah. was terrible. Not recommended. Don't do it. Oh my God. I had this chicken with me on my ride. Oh, oh my God. God. She was my companion. Um did have to sleep with her so I can't yeah her eyes are so pretty yeah oh she's the cute <laughs> all right but didn't she's been walking around my feet all 
all morning trying to get me to see her. So. I know. I've seen her walking on the couch behind you. Yeah. So I just think. Yeah, me too. Dog. I was wondering if it was. Yeah, I was wondering if it was a puppy or a cat. I couldn't tell. Who the dog was back here. Wait, I actually wanted to ask you one more question about Raven because I am fascinated by her character. And I do think that you crafted uh, a great villain who is also like a great villain, not only to Gemma, but like also to ADHD. Um, <laughs> and Piper actually had this question written down. So Piper, I'll let you ask it because I thought it was really interesting how you said that it was the combination of all the bad things about the Fox yeah. lineage. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I also wrote that my cousin is my best friend and she has not tried to kill me. So I couldn't identify with that part, but she's awful. And I do think that she's just such a such a great combination of all of these villainous characteristics of the past Fox women and the way that she manifests is brilliant. And we've talked to a lot of authors recently about writing unlikable women and women who are villains. So I just wanted to get your take on that. I feel like she was the mean girl. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's always that, especially if you weren't part of a, you know, the high school, you know, the cool high school clique, there was always that girl who just seemed to be the bane of your existence. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what you do, or even if you had moments that you were nice to her, she just seemed to turn everything into shit for you. It's like <laughs> her, her breathing. And I feel like that is Raven. Like she knows she's great. She knows she's beautiful. She knows that she has a whole family backing her. And she knows that Gemma's coming in and being a threat. And that hopefully that was conveyed like under a line. Like she's so easily gotten everything she's wanted. And here comes Gemma, this one thing that could be big for Raven if she gets her way. And, and so to kind of play on that threat, because isn't that what we always, we talk about this a lot, that, that the reason women are mean to other women is plain and simply a threat factor, which is when we really think about it, how fucking bizarre is that? I like, it, it's, it's patriarchal. Really? Yeah. Like, it's like, find, yeah. That you're, it, when they can't be your equal, they have, it has to be competition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, where she could have easily just joined. She had this opportunity and join with Gemma, help Gemma, uplift Gemma, teach her how to run a hotel and, and be on her way. And Raven would still be successful in whatever Raven went out and did. Exactly. But instead it was this one thing that was maybe going to put Gemma a little bit above her. And now she has to do everything better than Gemma, including reading the family history. Exactly. Which she have done. In one so, of the next yeah. We're still like, yep. yeah, well, you did. Of course you didn't finish it. Like I did in one freaking thing. Yes. And it had a, a bad effect on you. Like, and, she told, and she told her not to. Gemma well, told her not to do it. But, and that's why she did. Just, she's, you know, cutting off her nose and spite her face, right? Exactly. Like, that's exactly what we did. And we see that a lot in life, unfortunately. Absolutely. So I think that's what kind of makes her. And then it's just the constant little dig that everything like, I think your pool boy is lacking. Well, I am the pool boy. Oh, uh, no. The, about the dating app. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, he's cruising gang up. I am the pool boy. Well, dating apps are given this. Like, just like the constant, like, like just like little, little dig dog. Yeah, yeah. So I, and I think those are the things that, that people look at her. And that is the one thing that has always, no matter who reads this or how they, they feel about it, they're always like, God, Raven was so 
such a bitch. And it was like, yeah, good. because there are people that are truly that bitchy and petty about things. Yeah. And seriously. she manifested that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I feel like it was really interesting to see like when Gemma at first gets overwhelmed with the power of the book and she just gets, she just pukes, which I love. Yeah. I know, yeah, so like a random yeah. puke where like she's like she's trying to have this like conversation with Sword and she's like, yeah. <laughs> amazing. And so like that's how that's how the overwhelming that's how being overwhelmed by magic affected her. And then for Raven, it's she became fucking homicidal. You <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, I show their their temperaments. Yeah, but that is their temperaments because Gemma's like internally anxious, right? And she's always like, yeah performance and and she how often herself. Herself. yeah but she was yeah. reading the book yeah. like she actually trusted herself to be like i need to put this down but oh, Rayvon's like no i'm gonna read the whole thing because i'm better than you and then she fried her own brain which is like oh, it, it, well she had a traumatic right she so she picks on swords shoot so like you have like a, <laughs> you want to who do you want to puke on next like you kind yeah. of have a consequence of the action now so you're like i don't think i want to do that again <laughs> Exactly. She, got, she gave herself some room to like learn that, oh, well, this is going to, I'm going to have this reaction. Could have Raven had this same reaction if she just read little bits? Sure. Like, absolutely. Right. But her, you know, her pride on the best of her, and she's just going to read the whole entire damn thing. Absolutely. So stupid. <laughs> so funny. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> oh, my God. I, love, I just want to say, too, love Soren, loved his character oh. arc. So um, good. And I truly like I when I started reading it, I I really had no idea where it was gonna go. I didn't know who she was gonna end up with, but I didn't mm-hmm. think that Sword was going to be a love interest at all. Like really at all. Yeah, and I, I don't know why. I mean, sometimes listen, I don't sometimes I don't think critically, like when I go huh. into reading something and I should have. I, I was like, Oh, I try not to. Right? I was like, Oh, I'm gonna figure, figure it out. <laughs> Yeah. That's and I think that's what it is because I, a lot of times with ADHD, I'm like, oh, can I like figure out the mystery before it happens? Or well, yeah, I whatever. Very similar to Gemma, and I read the last page. <gasps> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. You know when I <laughs> when I read that, I literally was like, Piper does that. <laughs> Piper <laughs> Piper wouldn't have been able to read the book because she read the last. Page. <laughs> <laughs> i do it's a real, oh, it's a real thing and it was funny because we put that in there when we started thinking about it we're like well she read the last like went and then it didn't work and we're like because there are people that really do read the last page but that's kind of the fun thing about writing on wattpad is that you can see your reads from the first chapter and all the way through like you go in and look at your analytics and how you're carrying your audience on wattpad and always your last chapter has so many reads on it and you're like what in the beginning you're like what is going on how did they yeah. make it all the way through because in your mind you're like you're not thinking and you're like these people are reading the last chapter for monster <laughs> the whole book yeah so that's why i just want to see how many people are finishing your story you don't go to the last chapter you go to like i don't know like two chapters before that that's how you see people are shooting like there's, story. there's people like you piper that just mess up all the analytics i know i'm sorry <laughs> It is sorry, but I'm not going to change. So that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Sometimes I see her pick up a book and she'll go to the last page and I'll be like, that's disgusting. Why yeah. You <laughs> off that book now. You don't get to read it. The one time I'm ever mean to her, I'm like, mm, seriously, you're fucked up for that Piper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can understand. And then it takes something. I, 
I guess if you're kind of anxious, right, it takes away the anxiety. Because I'll read a book and feel like anxious through it, but I like that feeling as I'm reading because I'm like, yeah, you're invoking so many emotions in me. You know, some people, some people might be like, no, nah, I don't like that. I it's like, you know, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to give you that because there are times where I will be reading something and I, especially when it's a, a love interest thing and they're, they're, they're fighting and I don't know if they're going to end up together and I know someone has read it. I will sometimes message that person and I will say, hey, I just need you to tell me one thing or I'm not going to enjoy this book. I need you to tell me. I don't care what they go through. I can make I can make it through any struggle. Are they going to make it to the end of this book? Are they going to be together at the end? That's all I need. To yeah, know. exactly, exactly. And that's that's all I need to know. And I did the same thing with with One Tree Hill, which I've watched. I was gonna say like my favorite <laughs> show, like one of my favorite shows ever. And I like one of the couples that's in it. I love them, like one of my favorite couples ever. And I had to know. I asked my friend that that recommended me the show. And I, you know, it's been on for like years. But I asked her, you just. At the end of the last episode, are they together? Did they make it? I just have to know or I can't get with them. And she was like, yeah, they make it. Okay, I'm good. I look great. Perfect. I'm in. Struggle? Yeah, I'm good. I can make it through anything. I just have to know, are they going to make it? I'm not going to enjoy it. So I feel like you reading the last page. I can understand that. You know, I will say I, I, I am known for not reading. I like only like to read specific romance books because i don't i'm like i am not gonna cope if if it they don't end up together and i'm yeah, i have to know that yeah okay so i guess i think that understand yeah let's see we're taking out the anxiety yeah i get it and i'm just i'm just reveling in it yes oh no no i <laughs> in the uncertainty oh no i can't do it oh my gosh was that all of our questions Wait, you wanted you you wanted to ask about ghosts, our favorite ghosts. Oh yes, what are your favorite? Tell us, tell us, tell us. Like, do you mean like books with ghost stories, or like anything? Personal story, a book, a story that you've heard before, something that happened to you. Crystal hates ghost stories. Crystal hates scary things. How about that? How about that for for I? I think for a for a fantasy writer too, it's like yes, kind of something that lends itself to it. Mm-mm. Um, the favorite is probably anything dealing with the crescent hotel is kind of really cool um, mm-hmm. the crescent hotel is in eureka springs arkansas back in the day they believed that the springs that runs through the city had healing properties the native Americans, <clears throat> i believe had had used it for that and as people started settling in there uh there was the, this hotel that's a hotel now at the time it was a, a school for girls and, and then when it closed down, this guy came in, this doctor, quote unquote, and he, he took over and he turned it into a, a quote unquote hospital, like quote unquote, a lot of things here. <laughs> and so he's, he took it over and he was telling people that the Springs would cure cancer. And so people were coming from all over the U.S. to, to Eureka Springs. And this is not like an easy drive. You go through all these hills and stuff to get there. So this, like people are really going out of their way to get to this place. It's, there is a, it looks out over the Ozarks. It's, it's really a beautiful place. It sort of looks kind of like the Stanley Hotel and the, it's like the same style. Like grand and like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Even there. So, it's so, really uh, nice. He ends up like having people drink this spring water and it is not curing can- cancer and he's cutting out the cancer out of them. And then he's bottling this stuff up. He's like taking the cancer, putting it in bottles, their organs, their organs. And he's like putting it, he's burying them in the back of, of the hotel 
And it was pretty recent that they like found more bottles of it. Like they knew this had happened, but they were doing some kind of renovation there and they're digging and there's more bottles. So people got like lots of people died. Lots of people died in actual treatment. And they like were all, he's doing all this stuff down in the basement of the hotel. You can still walk through the basement of the hotel. It's it's set up. Of course, they've made it more of a a tourist attraction, but things are there from when he used to do it. It's just the stories behind it. The room we stayed in was the most second most haunted room. They say you could hear people all night because they do ghost tours. So that's really the thing in haunted hotels. And they do ghost tours and you could hear them outside. <laughs> outside the They like knock on the door. Yeah. The first night we spent in there, the picture of the nurse is right there on the like wall. She's like staring at round you. pictures, oldie pictures. Oh. And she's just staring at you while you're trying to sleep. We slept with the lights on the yep. first night because we so were like, weird. no. And we got yeah. live. There was no air running through there. There, There's no air conditioning unit. Like in the, it is an old hotel. The floors are like, I can, I can, you know, rationalize a lot of things like doors shutting in there. Of course the doors are going to shut the door. The floor is at a like angle. Like <laughs> I probably go in there with like logic and be like, I don't know if I believe that right. hotels are haunted. Like, is it, do I think it's possible? Sure, it's possible. I've personally never really seen anything, but we were doing a YouTube live from there and people are like, we're seeing like things fly by the screen. Yeah, right. floating in front of the screen. And we're like looking around. Oh well, yeah, we're like looking around and we're like, what is it? And so, cause there's no air in there. We usually, we take a fan with us when we travel somewhere because we like the white noise of the fan and I need some air in my face while I'm sleeping. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't have like the fan on or anything. I'm like, I don't know what you guys are seeing. So they like caught little things. So that one was kind of freaky, but that uh, hotel itself, we can it just have, we like, can see it on the camera, on the, we can see it on the film a afterwards. Little so that is yeah. bonkers. Yeah. yeah so true. that. We really liked the Crescent. The Crescent was, if you're ever looking for a spooky hotel in a weird-ass place, it's the Crescent Hotel. Yes. I wrote I wrote a book that there. That's why we went there, because one of the books, a YA paranormal romance, I wrote that uh, with, like, yes, that's why we went, but I liked that one. I, I do have a ghost, like, an actual ghost story, and the re- this is the reason that I do believe that ghosts exist, and uh-huh. it's not mine, but it's my mom's story. Okay. And my mom doesn't make things up she's like super like even keel like she's like she does it right she's not like she's not like me and like the imaginative like imaginative she's just a sweet southern lady sweet southern lady like so we went to there's this place in kentucky called land between the lakes and it's like a state park type thing and i was like seven and we went up there with me my mom and dad and this lady that we rented our house from we all went up there at like a weekend camping trip and she had this cabin up there and so we're sleeping me and the old lady in the same room and the old lady's like deaf like without her hearing aids so she has her hearing aids out so I'm in there with this this old lady and my mom and dad are in the other bedroom well my mom or my dad snored really bad like even to this day but he was snoring real loud and my mom couldn't sleep so she gets up and goes in the living room and sleeps on the couch and mama is asleep but then she hears something someone talking like that just someone talking she's like what the hell is that so she like opens her eyes and looks out from under the blanket and there's these two people standing in between the two bedrooms there's a bedroom here and bedroom here and they're standing right here and it's not my dad and it's not the old lady and it's sure not me because I'm a kid and they're standing there and they're arguing 
she can't keep like after she heard them the initial time she couldn't really hear anything else they were saying all she could hear was like almost like mumbling but couldn't really hear what they were saying yeah, they're yeah. obviously arguing in their like the way they were moving and she was like what and she like like put the cover back over her fa- her head and did not look again and that was it and she was not asleep and she like i said does not make stuff up and she woke up the next morning and we were all already awake and she comes outside she's like i gotta tell y'all something and she tells what happened and the lady the landlady she's like oh well it's funny that you say that because this entire thing is built over a native american burial ground so we fuck yeah and that's the moment yes and she was like you're not the first person who has said that they've seen things in this cabin and the surroundings and so that's the reason that i do believe absolutely i mean because it's my mom like if it was somebody who like bullshit stuff then i would be like you're just telling you're just you're bullshitting but it's my mom who does not make shit up you know i uh my the, I grew up abroad, and when we moved back to America, we moved into a house that we had never toured. We just like my parents bought the house, and we moved in there. And we were we were haunted in that house for like seven years. And my dad's a federal oh. agent, like super like ghosts don't exist, like yeah. aliens don't exist, ghosts don't exist. He's like down. He's like the earthly man on the ground all the time, <laughs> and he was so. It culminated in this thing where, like, we had to bring in a demonologist. <laughs> we, had to, we had to go on, like, Christmas Eve, go get, like, holy water and all this stuff. Oh God. Yeah, and my mom's, like, sobbing. So, you know, she's, like, an Italian Catholic woman. And she's, like, what did I do to deserve this? Uh, my, dad, <laughs> my dad was so freaked out. And it was so scary to see him freaked out. Because, like, I had known that the place was haunted because I had people coming in out of my room all the time. I heard voices, footsteps, everything. We all had stories, waking up with sleep paralysis and seeing people. Like, we all had these stories happening in in the house. And then when my dad finally admitted it, where he was like, oh, I was home alone, and, like, all these weird things happened to me, he sold the house. And when he did that, I was like, go surreal. Yeah, absolutely. If my dad says go surreal, thanks dad we were telling you forever and you made us keep going through it it wasn't until you you realized (laughs) but it's true when you have like that parental figure and they're freaked out yeah oh god i wouldn't lie a couple of stories ago i had this dream that i was helping my mom get ready for a party like we were gonna have a party at our house and there was this person standing in the kitchen and she had her back to me and she was blonde and for whatever reason, in the dream, I knew that she was dead. And so I started to get scared. And my mom said to me in the dream, she was like, no, 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 she's here to help us. She's not going to hurt you. She's here to help us. And so I wake up the next morning and I'm like, that was a weird dream. And I check Instagram and I find out that one of my friends had died the night or two nights before who was blonde. I know. Okay, freaky. Isn't that thing? What? I didn't even think about dreams. I just had chills. I know. Dream stuff, I think, like, like subconsciously, do we like, like, connect into other things that I do believe in? Like, I've yeah. had where my family all had around the same time after my grandfather died, we all had dreams that we had one last interaction with him, including my dad, which my dad is like, 
my dad broke down into tears telling me about it because I was like, I had this dream that I walked in the house and Papa was there and he was sitting in his normal place on the couch and he always slept because he lived with us because he had Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. And so he came to live with us when I was about 16. And so he'd always sit the same plot place on the couch and sleep with his head back against the wall and his eyes closed. And I walked in the house and he's sitting there and I'm like, oh, do me a favor. And I told him, I said, don't open your eyes. Do not open your eyes because I know you're gone. And if you open your eyes, I'm about ready to see some black hole kind of shit. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he was like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll keep my eyes closed. And he said, what do you need to say to me? And then when I told my dad about it, my dad's like, I had a dream that he came to me. And my dad had a really hard time with seeing his dad, you know, being sick and stuff. And he would get really short with my grandfather was in World War II. He would say very, like, not cool things, like racist type of things as he was getting more and more sick. You were seeing things that he was, he were okay during World War II to be saying, and clearly not okay to ever be saying. And right. so, yeah. And so he was saying like all these crazy things and seeing things in the house. I remember one time he thought there were birds flying in the house with big pens. And... Oh, no. So it devout. Oh. So people were always out on the lawn trying to convert us <laughs> from being Catholic. Uh, <laughs> so I'm oh like, no, nobody cares. We're happy, but nobody cares or can't, but my dad would get really short with him. And so my dad got to in this dream kind of make amends for how he, he was so short with him while he was sick. And it was just like crazy. So I do believe like maybe subconsciously, like brains are pretty powerful and they say yeah. we're so much of our brain. Like, sure. I think like that's possible that we can like connect into something because where the hell does energy go? Right? Like it has to go somewhere. Like that part of things, I believe, like if we're energy, that energy has to go somewhere. It just doesn't. Right. It can't just exist. Exactly. So, yeah, dream. That, yeah, Piper, that, that's, that's fun. Freaky stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my, my mom and I, one time, I had a dream that I was at school and there was a tornado coming. And my mom came to pick us up and was, like, fighting with my teacher to get us out of class to, to pick us up before this tornado came. And I woke up and I was like, wow, I had this, like, really weird dream. Because also she's, like, not the type to stand up for me. Love her. But, like, that, like just not her yeah and I was like yeah and like you know you were like really adamant to take us out of school and she paled in her face and she was like I had a dream last night that there was a tornado coming and then I drove to your school to pick you up and then I was fighting with the front people to get you out of class and I was like like and it was in that house it was in the haunted house that we lived in that we had is so crazy but still to this day, we don't have it. We have no idea. And it, it, yeah. it's just been, we maybe have the news on and there was a tornado and we both heard it and had the same dream. We'll never, ever, ever know. Ever. But still, like, how do so we connect weird. so closely? Like, I don't know, the brain. Okay. The brain is like a powerful thing. So, you know. Yeah. All right. There's oh a ghost story. <laughs> now, never let us. Good night, everybody. I hope you all kind of. I know, seriously. Well, yeah. <laughs> this is for sure going to be our Halloween episode. Uh, Absolutely. Oh my God. Thank you both so much. Oh, yeah. So fun. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. are amazing. Thank you very yes, much. Yes, this fun. Thank you. This is such a joy. Congratulations. And can't wait to see your future stuff. We'll love if you write a follow up, but we'll love anything. But else. we'll love anything else that you write because this was <laughs> enchanting. Oh thank my God. You. Oh, thank you. Lace and Debauchery is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts.